Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused, with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Discover Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history along with a local handcrafted beverage this winter while you cozy up on top of award-winning rooftop bars. Tours offered daily, year-round, with safety protocols followed on every tour and transportation is provided. It's easy to book a tour by visiting AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. And by RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website that's speakingoftravel.net, and on pretty much all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to travel stories that will transport you to another place, and you can travel the world without stepping out the door or even getting off your couch. Sometimes all it takes is to hear other travelers' stories to remind yourself of a similar experience you had or to consider one you've dreamed about. Lately, I've been dreaming about going to places I've never been before but are now on my list of places to visit because I heard or read something that moved me to go down that rabbit hole and find out more. And one such place is Winnipeg, Canada, Vogue calls Winnipeg an absolutely must-visit destination, and National Geographic has listed it as one of the best trips on Earth. So I don't know if I want to let this secret out of the bag, but Winnipeg has world-class performing arts, is a foodie's dream come true, and you can go see polar bears swimming over your head. This place celebrates human rights and is quietly moving from the center of their continent to the center of our attention. And here today is my guest, Cody Chomika. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Marilyn. It is so great to have you here. You're the director of marketing for Winnipeg. And are you from there, Cody? Yes, I'm lucky enough to be born and raised and really love the city and everything that it has to offer. And uh, you know, I love experiencing the city through a visitor's eyes because it's you get a whole new appreciation for what your own backyard is. Well, what a beautiful backyard. I've been 
like I said, going down that rabbit hole, looking at pictures and videos and YouTubes and just falling in love with this place. The lighting alone is making me swoon. <laughs> and awesome. I know. So let's talk a little bit about Winnipeg. You know, I I think of Canada as burr, cold, wintertime, but it's really not like that there. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, we've got full full seasons, four full seasons, I should say. And, you know, it gets up to 110 sometimes in the summer. And in the winter, it is cold. Sometimes it's minus 40. Uh, and you know what? We always say there's no bad weather. There's only bad clothing. And one of my favorite seasons here is winter because there is so much amazing experiences to take in. There's so many things to do. You can walk the frozen river trail. You can snowshoe. We have a pop-up restaurant on the ice that serves a high-end four-course dinner. We have an indoor-outdoor uh, Scandinavian sauna that you can actually go in minus 40 wearing a toque and your bathing suit. I mean, I feel like you're kind of getting away with everything at that point and enjoy everything that there is to see and do. So there really is, I love the change of the seasons and it just provides a, a renewal uh, throughout the year, which is just so lovely. I think it's important for you, Cody, to give us an idea of where Winnipeg is in relation to the rest of this gigantic continent. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at a map of North America, we are literally right in the bullseye center of North America. And so we're, we're right in the center of Canada. Uh, we're part of that prairie land. Uh, and so many people, you know, may not have heard or know where Winnipeg is. And that's kind of where we always start from. And we're just above Grand Forks, North Dakota. So uh, that, you know, there are neighbors to the south. Uh, and, uh, you know, people always get a kick that I say the south when I'm talking about North Dakota, but to us, it's the south. Uh, yeah, we, are, we really are. We're a, a destination that was really, really popular in the turn of the century. And Chicago was very much uh, an inspiration. And we used to be referred to as the Chicago of the North, actually, because of a lot of our uh, historical architectural buildings we have. Wow, I am so looking forward to, to coming up there. And I know there are just, in addition to all of these wonderful attractions and uh, museums, there's a lot of randomness about Winnipeg, just these random facts. Let's talk a little bit about that, like Winnie the Pooh. Why don't we start with Winnie? Yeah, so Winnie the Pooh, you know, fun fact, is from Winnipeg and uh, named after Winnie the Bear. and. So we have a commemorative statue that's at our Assiniboine Park uh, that you can go take a look at and, and kind of see the story of that. Another uh, really interesting character that's from here is James Bond. James Bond was inspired by a character that, or a, a real live person that was from Winnipeg. Uh, another random one that we always love to say is the inventor of the cell phone grew up in Winnipeg. Who knew? So lots of really, really interesting things and connections. Uh, Snow White was also modeled after a, a waitress, actually, that served in a restaurant in Winnipeg here. That's amazing. And and I do want to talk to you about um, uh, the, the emphasis on human rights, that you even have a museum for human rights. Let's talk a little bit about where that uh, that passion is coming from. Absolutely. So, you know, for us, it's really about human rights education. And uh, we're, we're not someone to say we're experts on human rights, but we really are um, recognizing the importance about learning and inspiring others to take action. 
we were blessed enough to have the first national museum outside of our capital in Ottawa, right here in Winnipeg. And so this was a huge opportunity for us to get, as you can see behind me, that blue building there is the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, architecturally stunning, beautiful building. And it's allowed us to really have quite a bit of dialogue around many issues, um, looking at examining Canada's past, um, also looking at Canada's role in relation to other many issues around the world. So it's it's been a really uh, phenomenal a jewel in Winnipeg's crown, and it's allowed us to take a look at and examine uh, different issues, but also what's really exciting is inspiring that next generation and having those kids coming through, you know, understanding those issues, having dialogue, and then really understanding and seeing what ideas do they have and what, what are their passions and what do they want to change and really igniting that uh, to change the future. Because as we all know, that's, you know, it's the, the kids of tomorrow that are really doing some amazing things. Absolutely. And, and the kids of tomorrow are living through our days of today and all of the challenges and pivoting that we've all had to do over these last last year, really. And I would imagine having a foundation of mindfulness and civic pride and uh, civility has allowed your community to really be able to to bond, I would imagine, during this time. Absolutely. I think, you know, despite despite all the challenges of the past year, I've felt really blessed to be living in Winnipeg and in this community. We are a, a tier two city and a mid-sized city. And I think a lot of um, a lot of people see the challenges of some of the larger cities uh, during this time. Um, so we were fortunate in that. But, you know, the other aspect is Winnipeggers, you know, it's minus 40 sometimes in the winter. We're not going to get through it if we're alone. We got to band together as a community. And I really love that community spirit. So this was a really good opportunity to see some of the resiliency that partners and innovators have had and some of the ways that Winnipeggers are giving back through this time. And it's really allowed us to um, change our channel because, of course, we can't speak to visitors right now. Uh, you know, it's not safe to necessarily come and travel at the moment. So we're talking to our locals and we're helping to educate them on on to be tourists in their own city. And, and we really think that's a good investment in our future because when this is, is over, they can invite their friends and family and they're gonna know all the great places to go in the city. I'm a little jealous, Cody. I kind of want to be an ambassador for Winnipeg. I, I wish I was there and, and helping you all out, but definitely is on my bucket list now. When we come back from the break, I want to talk more about how your community has come together and, and also get some information. Well, before we even go to break, how can somebody get more information about Winnipeg so they can go down that rabbit hole while we're, uh, while we're listening Absolutely. to music? Yeah, so tourismwinnipeg.com is our website, which is chock full of great information. And if you're looking for inspirational story ideas, go to onlyinthepeg.com. And for food, pegcitygrub.com. Only in the peg. I love it, Cody. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We're learning all about Winnipeg. So stay tuned. Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, president of Private Italy Tours LTD. If you are considering a trip to Italy when we can finally travel again, and we feel very confident that we will be able to return to Europe by the fall of this year, please contact Private Italy Tours. Our itinerary planning professionals are ready to assist in any way possible. 
from hotels and villa reservations, restaurant recommendations, guide confirmations, trains, and special requests, our company and our staff provide the finest service possible. Please contact us. We are ready to help you return to Bella Italia your way. Private-Italy.com Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm really excited to have here with me Cody Chomiak. He is the Winnipeg Director of Marketing, and you also work in economic development. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. So economic development also houses Tourism Winnipeg and an organization called Yes Winnipeg. So really our office is about making the place where we live awesome and uh, growing the economy. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you, I... I have, like I said, I have done a lot of research now into your fair destination, and it is so enchanting. And I, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier. Uh, we were talking about winter and all these, I mean, everything just sounds so exotic, having a pop-up restaurant on a frozen river. But let's talk more, a little bit more about the future seasons coming up like spring and summer, because I think we're all getting a little bit, I don't know, just feeling a little more positive that there's going to be a rebound and a recovery coming up before too long. And I know when your country opens up and our country opens up and we can start hugging and visiting each other again, Winnipeg is going to be on my top of the list. What is it going to be like there in the spring and the summer? Amazing. Well, spring and summer, wonderful seasons. Summer, as I mentioned, it can get beautifully warm. So we have just lovely summers. We've got lots of growth and trees and beautiful things to see. But in the summer, really, under normal circumstances, not COVID times, that's our festival season. And we have a number of amazing festivals. You know, we've got, and those quirky things, we have an outdoor dinner called Table for 1200 More. So it's 1200 people in one continuous long table, literally in smack dab through downtown. The first year it was on the bridge you see behind me. It's And everybody dresses in white. It's like the best wedding you've ever been to. Uh, and you have a lovely meal. So that's just an example of some of the amazing things to see. Um, but we also have some really great outdoor attractions. And so, you know, with the summer, you want to get outside. Not only are we super close to lake country, we're about a half an hour, 45 minutes away from lakes. You know, in the province, we have 100,000 lakes. So no shortage of places to go. But within the city, you know, we've got the largest urban bison herd at a, a green uh, space called Fort White Alive. And so um, that's really remarkable to see. And it's right here in the city, which is neat. And then, you know, we talk about those polar bears at the beginning, um, and that's at our Assiniboine Park Zoo. We actually have a polar bear rescue center. And what they do is they really rescue polar bears from the north 
that have either been orphaned or would otherwise be put down. And they have the most amazing spacious uh, exhibit. And you can actually see them swim overhead in a beautiful tunnel. And I will tell you, everybody turns into a two-year-old when you see those bears in the water and floating around and just the size of their feet and their heads. And it's just remarkable to see. So there's some really interesting things to see and do. And of course, restaurants, as we all know, I cannot wait to get back in a restaurant. I don't know about you, um, but you know, patios, we have so many great patios. We have one of the largest patios in, in Canada, actually at the Forks, which is our oldest uh, and most popular tourist destination. And it's a massive outdoor patio and they've got a wine and a beer uh, garden where they have 12 different wine and beer on tap, um, as well as a whole bunch of different food vendors. So you can kind of pick and choose so you can keep everybody happy, which I love. <laughs> I love it too, Cody. I just, I, I'm feeling like already part of this community and I want to talk about your community because your destination is so much more than a destination. You are really coming to to visit people, the people who are the the chefs and the restaurant owners and the caretakers for these polar bears. We love them already. And like <laughs> you said, it's it you know, Winnipeg is a a second tier city, so your population is not gigantic. You're not a big urban dense place, right? No, we're about seven hundred and sixty thousand. And so what I love about that is I kind of get that big city vibe, but I can get anywhere within fifteen minutes. And that to me is so special. I'm not stuck in gridlock all the time. From a quality of life perspective, you know, you can afford uh, a good standard of living here. You can afford a home. And um, so a lot of people come here to start their families uh, and, and have family here. And we always joke that no matter where you go, there's a relative somewhere who says, oh, I have such and such that I know lives in Winnipeg. Uh, and I love that. Anywhere you go in the world, you end up with a connection. I love that too. And and the fact that you have, as a community, really come together, you know, to, like you said, you all help each other anyway, uh, and now you've had even more reason to come together as a community, and and everybody is going to be our ambassador when we come up there. Let's talk a little bit more about, um, you, I know that you had profiled a lot of your uh, safety protocols and what's going on at the different attractions now. Give us an idea of how we can go find these and watch and see yeah. what's going on there. Absolutely. So uh, on our YouTube channel would be the best place. And it's uh, Tourism WPG on YouTube. You can also find the link on our website. We did a series this past summer called Save Your Summer. Winnipeg will save your summer. And so we did a series of videos on how people can save their summer right here in Winnipeg. What we wanted to do was profile all those really amazing safety protocols to build consumer confidence, but also to just help people understand what does that experience look like? is this place open and, and what kind of steps and measures are they taking? And are there things I need to do ahead of time? And so it was a really interesting exercise. We did 11 videos in 11 weeks. I, uh, you know, had one of the best summers I've ever had because I was at 11 different places uh, and got to do and see a whole lot. And so we we're continuing on with that. We started a uh, here for it uh, series in the fall, and we're looking to pick that up once we're able to get back out there and, and be safe to do so. So, um, that would be a great series to check out on our page. Uh, and there's so many different uh, places that we went and it will just give you a sense of some of the innovation. You know, in some cases we have a, an escape room uh, live arcade uh, called Activate Games. And the best way to describe it is it's an 8-bit video game and you're the player and you physically do the games. 
they have programming in there that will actually target and match anywhere you've touched and it'll light up. So they know right away what surfaces to clean and pay extra attention to. And then electrostatic the air. So, you know, just different things that you wouldn't think um, that people are thinking of. And, and that was all built right here in Winnipeg, which is really exciting. That is exciting, Cody. You just make me love this place even more the more you talk about it. And I think what, what really is uh, moving me so much is the just this uh, mindfulness and this uh, compassion and empathy that I feel already just from talking to you and hearing about uh, the way this community has really uh, bound together to ensure that everybody is safe, everybody is uh, taken care of, and and this innovative way to move forward so that when you do open back up, we are all going to be able to come there and feel safe and well taken care of. Bravo. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, it's not me. It's, it's everybody in Winnipeg that stepped up. But I think that's been the real silver lining of this pandemic is just seeing all the various ways that businesses have shifted and, and really changed the way that they're thinking. And in some cases, the efforts that they're making this year is not just for the pandemic, but it's actually going to benefit their business going forward. You know, whether it's stepping up their e-commerce presence, and now they've got an online store and they're finding a whole new customer base. We had a local ice cream shop that actually uh, started a subscription for ice cream monthly. And it's actually been their main source of business now. Like they don't even need to open a storefront anymore because people are like, I'm going to just subscribe monthly and get my ice cream delivered. And I am do three pints a month or whatever it is. It's just fantastic to see. So I love those, hearing those types of ideas because, you know, when the chips are down, you see what you're really made of. Well, I'll tell you, I wish they could deliver right here to Asheville, North Carolina. I'd get my ice cream every month. <laughs> well, you'll have to try it when it's here. It's amazing, amazing ice cream. Well, Cody, I am I am so glad that we connected and that we we learned more about what Winnipeg is all about and and what your wonderful community is about. Tell us again how uh, how we can get more information, how we can start maybe planning even an agenda once we get up there because it won't be long. It'll be we still have a little ways to go, but it won't be long when we're going to be uh, uh, making our way over there. Absolutely. We cannot wait to host everybody and see everyone again in person. Uh, TourismWinnipeg.com is the place to go for all things to see and do. If you're looking for really cool, inspirational ideas, we have a blog, OnlyInThePeg.com, because of course we feature things only in the peg. And for all things food related, PegCityGrub.com. Go there, you will not be disappointed, and you'll get lots of great ideas for things to do when we can host you in person. Cody, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. I am so looking forward to meeting you in person and having you be my ambassador to take me around your beautiful city. I cannot wait, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, I am ready to go to the peg. I don't know about you guys. I can't wait to get there. And when I come up, hopefully I'll travel with our mutual friend, Nick Breedlove, who is the director of Jackson County Tourism right here in Western North Carolina. Cody and Nick go way back. And coming up, Nick is going to be here to tell us how responsible and sustainable travel helps keep our mountains clean and green. So stay tuned. Green is good. 
Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. As we begin to travel again, we all must remember we have the responsibility of traveling in a way that honors the earth we're exploring and benefits the people, places, wildlife that we're visiting. It's one thing to want to be more eco-friendly, but it's sometimes hard to put that into action. So what steps can we consider on how our journeys will affect local communities and help reduce the impact on the environment while visiting? Well, one community right here in North Carolina is working hard to welcome you back safely and responsibly. Joining me is Nick Breedlove, the Executive Director of Jackson County Tourism, which includes the charming towns of Cashers, Cherokee, Dillsboro, and Silva. And Nick, it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel. Thanks for having me back. And I understand you just talked with uh, my good friend, Cody, who is, he is an absolute great colleague in the tourism industry. And I cannot wait to visit Winnipeg. Well, you and me both. We're just going to have to make our, uh, make our plan sometime to get up there to Winnipeg, Nick. It's going to be uh, a wonderful place to visit. And and what they're doing and what you're doing over here in Jackson County is so right on. You know, the industry is shifting, and uh, and this has been an opportunity for the travel industry to start looking at new ways of being responsible and, and, and creating a more healthy travel experience. Let's talk a little bit about that and what Jackson County is doing now in regard to sustainability for your destination. Absolutely, Marilyn. So, you know, in light of COVID vaccine, all that we can really do anymore is get outdoors and enjoy the great outdoors. And fortunately in North Carolina, they're abundant. And, you know, unlike mass tourism, you think of the major destinations, the, the tier one cities in the world, the Miami, the New York, the Madrid, all of those places struggle so much with too many people coming to visit. And that stresses the infrastructure, it stresses the natural resources. But even on a smaller scale, our mountain destinations in some ways are facing that same problem. You know, we're focused heavily on sustainable tourism, which is um, interacting authentically with the local population, the residents, the culture, the heritage, and leaving everything a little bit better than you found it. I am, I'm from Jackson County. Uh, I was born here. I grew up here. So for me being tourism director, I want the Blue Ridge Parkway, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and all of our beautiful trails and waterfalls to be here in pristine condition for future generations to experience. So give us an idea of how you are working to keep the mountains clean and and green. It definitely has become an issue here in Western North Carolina, and I would 
venture to say you and your team are leaders in in what you're doing. So give us an idea of what you're doing to to keep everything on track. So Marilyn, I was on the job uh, for about two weeks and I got three complaints about litter in our community. And this was several years ago. And it just made me realize, I thought, what can I do about litter on the side of the road? You know, I'm one person. And over the years, we've had so many discussions. Litter is only one aspect, but it's the most visible visible impact, not just from visitors, but residents on a community's image, on the health of the waterways, which are, you know, some of our greatest assets. You know, we, we tout our fly fishing. And without that great fly fishing, you know, we see a, a huge drop in visitation. So we've got to keep our waterways, our roadways, our scenic byways clean of garbage and debris. So this year we really started to focus on, you know, if more people are coming to the mountains due to COVID-19 and all the trends show that they not only have been coming, but they'll continue to come. There's major pent up demand for travel. You know, this spring and summer, people are planning on reconnecting with friends and family, and those are the first trips they're taking. So we imagine they'll be coming to the mountains in large numbers. So one thing that we did was reminding people to leave no trace, which is a national campaign that focuses on the seven principles. And simply put, they are plan ahead and prepare, travel and camp on durable surfaces, dispose of your waste properly, leave what you find, you minimize your campfire impacts, you respect wildlife, and you be considerate of other visitors. And I think those are really easy to remember, but what we wanted to do was remind people who may not be familiar with those seven principles that they exist, that, that we as a community, as a destination care about them. And you notice I said community before destination. I care about our residents, I care about our community. Visitation for visitation's sake, bringing more and more people here to generate more profit is not my goal. You know, it, I know a lot of destinations focus on that, but my goal is for this to be a wonderful place to live and visit. So we put up about 15 signs, most of them at our river put-ins. Um, so where people kayak, they raft, they fly fish. Also our greenway, our thousand acre park in Silva, reminding people to keep our mountains clean and green with the Leave No Trace logo. That's really great. I'm sure it's making an impact. Are you starting to see that people are paying attention? We've actually seen several people post the, a picture of the sign on social media and say, well done, Jackson County. They're proud that we're a community that, that takes pride in keeping our community the way it is in terms of the environment clean. Other things that we do to focus on the environment, you know, we make donations to groups that do cleanups, like the Tuck River Cleanup, which is the largest river cleanup in the country. It's in Kalawi, held once a year. Uh, we make donations to environmental groups that do trail maintenance. Just this year, we invested $10,000 in a sustainability project for a major park in Jackson County to figure out which trails people are using how many visitors visit each trail, which entrances the vehicles travel most on. That way we can direct sufficient resources to those particular areas of the park. 
That is really, really great. So, Nick, what can people do at home and, and when we're traveling to, to help out? So one of my favorite things, and it sounds too simple to make a difference, but um, Stephen Reinhold, he's a local person to the Western North Carolina region, Haywood and Jackson County. And he started the trash tag movement. So it's hashtag trash tag. And um, it was so inspirational and it centers around the fact of see how much garbage you can collect on a single stretch of road or more particularly in nature. So hikes, for example. So I did that on lunch, my lunch break the other day. I always uh, walked the same route on lunch and I collected an entire bag of plastic bottles of cans. And, you know, I think we think there's too much out there to make a difference, but if all of us just did a little bit, so whenever I'm on a hike, Marilyn, I keep a bag in the car. And on the way up the mountain, I try to play this game in my head and see how many different things I can spot. And it's almost like the more, the better. So on the way down the mountain, I try to remember all the plastic bottles I saw and, and I put them all in a bag. You know, a plastic bottle takes 450 years to decompose. So what I recommend to people is when you're on a hike, Take a plastic bag, and if you see something, pack it out. That's leaving things better than we found it. One final thought, Marilyn, is I was on a I was on a conference recently, and it was about the impact of COVID and everything that's happened in the last year, and so much has happened. And the presenter said, "If all we do is bring back tourism, shame on us, because it's such an opportunity to to do so much more." Like sustainability, building your community, your residence, placemaking, you know, so there's so much that we can do here. Well, there is so much we can do, Nick, and and I am just so proud that what you're doing in Jackson County, what your team and your community is doing to be a model for all of us is really commendable. And I want to give a big shout out and thank you all for all the work that you're doing over there. Thank you, Marilyn, and I appreciate you having me on. I cannot wait to uh, visit and talk with you again soon. It'll be fun, and I'd love to have you back on Speaking of Travel as we get more into the summer season and, and start to see how things are picking up again. So thank you, Nick, and stay well and stay safe. You too. Well, as cities around the world are slowly beginning to reopen, the number of planes and available passenger seats in the sky are gradually rebounding from record low levels during the peak of the pandemic. As travel begins to pick up, I think we're going to see how much people value experiences like travel. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport with some new indications that the travel market is getting ready to recover. So stay tuned. Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. 
not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe-inspiring vistas around nearly every corner. And this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across Western North Carolina. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Although we couldn't really travel in 2020, my listeners have told me that they spent much more time reading about vacations. They watched lots of travel shows and even researched hotel options at the places they really wanted to go to help themselves feel happier. Many of them even took up new hobbies that could benefit their future travel plans, like learning new languages. So I think it's safe to say we're all ready to travel again. But things have definitely changed in so many ways, and we need to be tuned in to the most current information as we move towards traveling again. For instance, if you haven't already applied for a real ID-compliant driver's license, the Department of Homeland Security, they had pushed back the enforcement deadline from October 1st, 2020 to October 1st, 2021 in light of the pandemic. So beginning October 1st, U.S. travelers must be real ID-compliant to board domestic flights. To help us better understand what the Real ID and more is all about is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development over at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, it is so great to have you on Speaking of Travel on this chilly winter day. Why, thank you for having me. Good to be here. So Tina, we had talked about the Real ID in 2019 even as we were moving forward now it's time again which is good news where that means people are looking at recovery but give us a little bit more idea of what the real idea is really all about sure so um, you're exactly right there was a deadline uh, and it did get extended like so many things because of the pandemic we have all been enduring um but this is now the year for Real ID. And basically, federal agencies are enforcing the Real ID Act, which requires what's called a Real ID, a U.S. passport, or another federally approved identification to board commercial flights and enter secure federal buildings. That's a mouthful, but that basically means that your generic basic driver's license that you've gotten you know your whole life will not be appropriate identification to board a flight uh, starting October of this year so uh, you have to get what's called a real ID and all that is is it's it's a driver's license just you know just like you would go and get at the DMV Anyway, you just have to provide a little bit more documentation, a little bit more information. You are vetted uh, a little more deeply um, 
And then you are issued a real ID and it has a little star emblem uh, on the driver's license. And then that becomes appropriate identification to board a flight, a domestic flight, or enter uh, federal buildings. So, you know, it requires a little extra effort. It requires a little planning. Uh, but, you know, we really want to make sure that people know about it because we certainly don't want them caught unaware come October and they've already purchased plane tickets and they arrive at the airport and they cannot get on that flight. Well, we need to get the word out there as much as we can so that everybody knows that these are the regulations. This is what's going to be happening on top of so many other new guidelines and protocols that are in place due to the ever-changing situation that we've been in, like the uh, wearing the masks and social distancing. That There's like a whole package of information that we need to keep on top of at all times. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned all the things we're having to do. Well, getting that real ID, it's a little bit different. Um, you're not just going to show up at the DMV and get in line and have this taken care of. You need to make an appointment. And the appointments are, uh, depending on which um, office you go to, you know, they can be months out. So it's important to go ahead and plan. Well, I'm glad we're talking about it so early in the in the year so that we can keep pushing out that message. And certainly by going to your website, there's information there. Let's talk a little bit about your website for a minute, Tina, and just keep people up to date on what they can find when they go to flyavl.com. Sure. So we, we do our best to have timely information that, um, you know, is important for air travelers to be aware of. So if you go to our website, we have very prominently on the homepage information like this. So you'll find a very prominent photo and an invitation to learn more about Real ID. You can click there and we take you right to all the information that you need. You know, we also have information about travel during this era of COVID and all the things that travelers might need to know there. Speaking of which is a brand new federal regulation that masks are required in all airports across the country and on all airplanes in commercial air travel. And there, that is going to be enforced. And there, uh, you know, that's another place where travelers really need to be aware because if they do not have their masks on, they may be denied entry into the airport uh, or onto boarding onto an aircraft. So, you know, the, we try to keep all the information current so that travelers have a one-stop spot to go to get all the information they need. Well, this is so important because I know as people start to uh, feel more comfortable and make plans and look at traveling again, it would be easy to think, oh, well, I'm going to book my flight just like I had before and pack my bags and head on over to the airport and be ready to get on my flight without knowing how these changes have uh, taken effect. And I also want to just put a little plug out for your newsletter, because when you go on your website and you sign up for that newsletter, 
you really find out a lot more information a little bit more information than just the rules and protocols but information about what's going on with the airport with the aviation industry tell us how we can sign up for that newsletter tina Absolutely. Just go to our website, flyavl.com, and you can scroll to our social hub right on the homepage. And there is an easy spot where it says sign up for our uh, newsletter and you just pop your email address right in the box and hit submit and you are signed up. I love that. Well, I was just reading the latest. It's called the window seat, which I think is very clever. And there was some information about the Asheville Regional Airport and and the economic impact that it has, the amount of jobs. So I would definitely send, uh, if you don't already have a connection to this newsletter, to go ahead and sign up so you can get all this latest information. Thanks for that plug. We are, you know, we love to engage and make sure we're just being as helpful as possible to everyone who has an interest in travel and in Asheville Regional Airport. Well, I tell people all the time, Tina, it, you know, there's so much more to an airport than just a a brick and mortar place to go get on a plane. It's so much deeper. And, and when you start to really read and recognize the impact, I think it's, it's part of the community that we all can be really proud of. So shout out to you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we have. We like to see these economic impact reports and to show that the Asheville Regional Airport contributes nearly $2 billion annually to our region's economy is pretty impactful. It is very impactful. Well, Tina, it's always a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel and to catch up and stay current. You know, what seemed like was maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months has now turned into almost a full year, and I I feel very historical that we have in some way paved the way for information to be current and out there as travel starts to rebound. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Marilyn. It's great to be here. Well, thanks, Tina, and thanks to Cody and Nick for joining us today on Speaking of Travel. You know, it's so refreshing to hear about how the travel industry is making such great strides to redesign their traveler experiences to address risk and anxiety related to future travel with an increased emphasis on wellness and sustainability. I just read a really great article where Prince Harry stated that the travel industry as a sector needs to create a more sustainable model to protect the environment as the world rebuilds from the pandemic. The Duke of Sussex himself has recognized that not to travel again is not an option, but he has urged industry leaders to reset and reimagine its future. The travel industry has more opportunities to find new ways to connect and take inspiration from a time when travel was exciting and new and the travel industry went out of their way to help solve traveler needs rather than just competing with each other. How exciting for us when we get out and can begin traveling again to have more choices and communication in an authentic and transparent way. This will all take time and patience and lots to learn together, but the travel industry is embracing the challenge to come back better. I think there's a very good chance that we're going to see more innovative, good practice initiatives and more collaboration. 
Everyone wants to help support recovery and hope for a slower, more thoughtful travel experience. Prince Harry said, together we have a responsibility and opportunity to rebuild for a more sustainable and equitable future, one our world needs, our children deserve, and where generations not yet born can continue to explore and enjoy the beauty and benefit of this home we share. Remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. <laughs>